Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Jones. Bowden. He's got it. England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins. Stokes flashes it away through the covers for four. And England have won the match. It's with great sadness that I listen to this theme tune the day after hearing of the death of the brilliant, incomparable Michael Parkinson. Deepest condolences, of course, to his family and close friends. What a huge loss he is to the world. His Saturday night interviews were an appointment to view for most of my childhood. And of course, his passion for cricket was unmatched. He had a profound influence on my life too. He was a superb and influential writer on the game and, completely unprompted, wrote the most flattering review of my book, A Lot of Hard Yakka. He said, You won't read a better inside story of cricket and the men who played it for a living. And we put it on the front cover, that quote, and I'm sure it was one of the main reasons the book was so successful. Having a recommendation like that from a man like him was huge. And I owe him a deep debt for that and so many other bits of advice. By the way, particularly the cheerful and valuable way he said when he and I were co-columnists at the Daily Telegraph and I'd started to forge a TV career, he said, never forget the writing. He always used to say that to both me and Mark Nicholas. And, well, hopefully we haven't. Writing was at his heart too. And he was always an excellent and readable observer of all sport. I actually went to one of his live theatre shows last year with his son and his memory and recall were still very sharp. It's just unreal to think that he's gone. But what an amazing legacy he has left. That is true too of our special guest in the Virtual Cricket Club this week, Trevor Bayliss, 
whose record of coaching successes includes two IPL titles, one in the Big Bash, taking Sri Lanka to the 2011 World Cup final, and of course, Ashes and World Cup triumph with England. In many ways, he was one of the architects of England's rejuvenation, first in white ball cricket, and that baton that he and Owen Morgan laid down was then picked up and turbocharged by Brendan McCullum and Ben Stokes in the Test Arena. So it was fascinating to hear about Bayliss's coaching philosophies and methods. But first, I asked him, since leaving the England setup, how his coaching year now pans out. After I left England in 2019, I sort of decided I'm not, I'm not going to do another full year um, you know, coaching job again. Um, you know, the four years I spent here was was uh, very long and hectic without having a break, um, doing all forms of the game. Um, so now I, I'm a little bit like the players, I suppose. I'm doing three franchise uh, jobs around the world through the year. I do uh, the IPL through uh, April and May, uh, the 100 now through August, and then the Big Bash in Australia in uh, December, January. That's, uh, so, And that's it at the moment. So in a way, is that kind of how you like it now? I mean, having done a very intense four-year job with England, do you quite and and you obviously had quite a long period with Sri Lanka before that and so on. Yeah. I mean, do you quite like that that layout now then? Yeah, look, I think I think just getting a little bit older as well. You know, it's uh, uh, not quite the energy I had a few years ago either. But it's uh, it's you know it's nice to actually spend a bit of time at home for a change. I've been you know done a lot of travelling and away from home over the last fifteen or twenty years. So it's just it's good now to be still involved with the game. Uh, but but spending a little more time at home as well, and um, you know, doing working with the franchises, and how easy is it to just sort of you know dip from one to another? I mean, do you do you need a period of of sort of acquaintance with players uh, to sort of get to? Because I mean, obviously your your great skill is your man management and your ability to get players to sort of meld together and so on. So does that need a bit of sort of pre? pre-planning, research, integration with the players before uh, the, 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 the tournament starts? Um, look, I th- if you turn up to a, um, to a franchise for the first year, um, you know, it can take a little while. But look, to be honest, um, you know, a lot of the players around the world these days have, you know, have been involved with franchise cricket, T20 cricket to some degree, and obviously their own international teams. Yeah, all the coach, a lot of the coaches have, uh, you know, have, uh, do the same. Um, yeah, look, to be honest, it doesn't take a real long, a real long time. Yeah, there's some, yeah, most guys that play cricket, are, you know, are pretty good blokes. So it's, uh, you know, it, it doesn't take long to fit in uh, and to create, you know, an environment where, you know, the players are, are best able to go out and show their best. But, but you know, your record. I, I, you know, it, you 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 got the Sri Lankans to the World Cup final in 2011. You mm-hmm. won the Big Bash at least once. You've won the IPL twice. You've obviously won the World Cup with England, so, and you won the Ashes. Uh, you know, so you've got mm-hmm. a credible track record. There's something you've got. Have you ever been able to put your finger on what it is? I mean, I know you've been asked this lots of times. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to ask you again. You have to analyze yourself here now. What what is it? And I, I'm going to give you the answer in a minute, but because mm. I've talked to Paul Farbrass a lot about you, who knows you very well. But what's your view of yourself then that you do well? 
Um, well, I don't think I, I'd, I'd like to think I haven't changed in the last 20 years. I, I do remember when I got my first full-time coaching job with New South Wales as the head coach. You know, I, I made a promise to myself then that I wasn't going to change, you know, that I'd had some success throughout the um, New South Wales junior teams and that, uh, you know, I wasn't going to change for anyone um, just to keep doing things uh, the way that you've always, always done it. Um, you know, I think I'm fairly easy going, easy to get on with. Um, but I think the, especially when you're doing an international team, I think you've got to, you've got to get the respect of the the players pretty quickly if you haven't played that level. Um, yeah, and I, I seem to have been lucky enough to, to to do that. So I think you've got to show the guys that you you do know what you're talking about. Um, but as I said, creating that that environment where it's it takes a little bit pressure off uh you know the players away from the game uh so that maybe not under quite as much pressure when they go out to play because they are under pressure um you know when they do play but you know international level or any of these big franchise competitions um yeah giving guys a, a decent run at uh yeah the, when they get selected you know don't necessarily select them for one game and if they fail get rid of them give them an opportunity uh to be successful and um you know i think that reverberates around the team as well even if they're not the player in question uh you know they, they feel comfortable i i i think there's there's two things that from talking to people who've worked with you and you know obviously players as well and listening to you talking on our documentary as well uh, I think there's two things I'd point out, I'd pull up is one is this knack you have, and Farby talks about it, of if things haven't gone particularly well on a on a certain day and everyone's looking a bit down, you're inclined to say, according to Farby, uh, mm. guys, you know, it's not quite what we wanted, but uh, we're still breathing and the sun will be shining again in the morning. Yeah, um, that's right. Almost a deflect uh disappointment hmm. is that one one of your kind of tactics uh yeah well i've certainly said that a you know a few times um you know as long as you, when you wake up in the morning you're still breathing um but i, I think it I, I think it's sort of a case of you know i want the players to actually play the game for the reasons that they took it up in the first place and that's because they love playing the game um so just you know the you know, a, a few failures here and there in the long run, doesn't really mean a, a real lot. As long as you're enjoying playing the game, you give yourself the best opportunity to be successful. Um, yeah, so just trying to put things in perspective, I suppose that you know, in in the end, it is a game. You know, it's uh, you know, life comes first, and 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 ga the game comes second. Um, so just to sort of put that into perspective, sometimes I think some of the young guys sort of get that mixed up a little bit. Um, and look, it seems to have worked. And and actually, not only has it worked, but I think you are the source. I mean, obviously, McCullum and Stokes have got taken all the plaudits recently, but I think you're partly the source of the basball phenomenon, to use a horrible phrase, because it's all based on forgetting about worrying about failure and embracing failure in a way. And and actually, almost not enjoying failure, I suppose, but but kind of being free spirited, and relaxed, and going with it, going with the flow, and all that, which you which you really propagated, didn't you? Yeah, I suppose so. Look, it's it's about 
on on those days where it doesn't go quite right for you, trying to trying to work out, okay, well, what could I have done better? What could I have done differently? Um, yeah, and so, sometimes you can learn more along those lines from days where you have had a good day. Usually, usually when you win games, there's there's aspects of the of that win that you probably could have done better as well. So. In fact, those days are the best are the best opportunities to actually talk about what we could have done better. Um, because, as I said, even in even in wins, there are um, time frames during the match where things haven't gone your way or we haven't played all that well. Um, I, I, it's it's probably better to talk about those yeah you know, the, the failures on those days, even when you win, rather than the days when you lose. Mm. Um, and, and leave it for, leave it for another day. You know, talk to a guy one on one at practice or over a coffee the next day, just about okay. Um, what could we have done a bit better? You know, could could we have done something a little bit differently? And what you know, what are the options? The, the other thing I, I I think you obviously do well naturally is you identify a character, and I think you you clearly understand the importance of confidence. But people not getting to use your phrase in the documentary, actually, people not getting too big for their boots. So there's that lovely story you tell about Jason Roy and his footwear. Go on, tell us that story. <laughs> um, I think it was in Hampshire. He came he came down for the warm ups with, uh, geez, I can't remember now. I think it was Roy Boy or something printed on his uh, on his boots. So he'd had put on his uh, you know, stitched into his boots. Um, yeah, so I went and I went and got a bit of tape and put on the back of my shoes and and uh, yeah, I can't even remember what I put on it now, but yeah, yeah TB or something like that. But yeah, um, I don't think he wore them after that. He went and took them off and hasn't worn them since. You know what the effect of that, I suppose, is it's sort of it's got, it's a gentle way of saying don't don't get above your station, is it in a way? Yeah. Which I mean. You want yeah. players to be confident and have a bit of bravado, I suppose. Yeah. You don't want that to overcome the kind of team ethic. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I suppose I try to try to deliver that type of a message in a uh, with a bit of humour, I suppose. Um, and I and I think the guys, I think I think the guys sort of take that on board a little bit, a little bit better rather than. A dressing down, you know, or you know, waving the finger at them type of uh, approach. Um, it, yeah, the same message is delivered, but um, yeah, and and again, like I don't mind laughing at myself either. But I think if everyone can uh, can laugh at themselves, well, then you know, it's uh, it just makes for a, you know a, a more comfortable environment. Now, also, you you are obviously good at identifying other characteristics in players or what they lack. And Mark Wood, again in the doc, tells a great story about coming to you, I don't know, 2017 or something, and saying, you know, what more can I do to improve? And you said, maybe you need a bit more mongrel. Yeah. And we found that quite interesting. Just explain mongrel and whether you can see that in him now. Um, well, I think if you watch... Yeah, the ashes and a lot of the short balls um, that he bowled. You know, he wasn't afraid of you know, trying to uh, not necessarily intimidate the uh, the batter. I suppose uh, that that message was actually in Sri Lanka. We we're on a tour of Sri Lanka, um, and I can't remember whether he got dropped or we didn't pick him. Um, and he was he was bowling in the nets, and I thought well, he's 
it just looks like he's uh, going at about half pace here in the nets. And I thought for a guy that's trying to get into the team or stay in the team, you know, that he should have been, yeah, running in and bowling as, as quick as he could and trying to show the captain and the rest of us and the coach and the selectors that, you know, he wanted to play badly. Um, but it wasn't like that. So, yeah, after that, I said, you know, you, I, you've got to, got to show a bit more mongrel, which he, I think he was then selected on a, a Lions tour to the UAE or South Africa or somewhere. Um, and I said to him, look, you, you've, when you go there, what you've got to do at practice is uh, – because I, when I spoke to him, he actually went back and bowled at, in the nets flat out. Like it actually affected him. He went back and, and did it. Um, but it didn't change our mind. I mean, he wasn't going to be, he wasn't selected for that match. Um, but the message was to go and intimidate your teammates, show them that you mean business, that you're, you're a big, fast bowl that can intimidate uh, the batters. And he, and you know, the message came back from the coaching staff in that, uh, yeah, asked, what, what did you say to him? He said, bowling like the wind in the nets and sticking, you know, putting it up the boys in the net. So, I mean, that's what you want from your fast bowler. If you're intimidating your teammates, you can certainly intimidate uh, the opposition batters. Yeah. It, it, well, I mean, it definitely worked. And and what I think it also did with him was um, it's made him focus on his game to find every little 1% that'll help him improve. Because, mm. you know, talking to him recently, you know, his diet is better, his sleep is better, his preparation's better, his strapping on his ankle is better, his... Uh, training the day before, you know, doing the kind of high pumping knees and things like that. Uh, all those little tiny bits seem to have kind of, which he, I guess, drove mm. on the back of, you know, you need to be a bit more ruthless, I suppose, and determined to show rather than the fun loving type, which I guess you still want, but it must be quite hard to get that balance right because you don't want to lose his, his unique personality either. No, but he's like he's two different personalities. Off the, as I see now, off the field, yeah, he's that joker and he's that, uh, he's, he's that character that I think every team, every successful team needs off the off the field. You know, he puts a smile on everyone's faces. Um, but I think certainly in the last few years, that is by the look of it, you know, not having sort of been closely associated with him in the last few years, but watching him on the TV now in some of that, you know, in those matches he plays, he's certainly uh, um, a little harder, shows that mongrel, as I was saying. Um, you know, he, he wants, he looks like he wants it really bad. Um, he's probably, you know, he's getting to an age where he's probably realising, well, I haven't got, I'm not going to have forever in this game. I want to make uh, every match I play uh, count. So, yeah, he's uh, yeah he bowled. You know, he's been bowling extremely well. And who of the of that team, the World Cup winning team, are you? Would you say closest to, or still have a you know decent relationship with? Um, mate, to be honest, look, I'm I'm not on any social media or anything, so um, I don't necessarily keep in contact with uh, people every week or so. But um, yeah, when I see them at like some of these franchise uh, tournaments, you know, it's just like we, you know, we were just like it was last week um, when we were going through that, that four years, but you know, Woody himself at, uh, at the IPL this year and uh, Joe Root and uh, Josh, Josh Butler and Stokesy and Mo and Ali, guys like that. 
um, when you when you see them once or twice a year, and it, as I said, it's it's like we've never been apart. It's uh, you know, it's almost like we're, it was 2015 to 19 again. Do, do, do when you were at home, you know, in Sydney now, do you sort of look back on that and 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 find it almost unbelievable that you achieve what you did? I mean, how do you look back on that sort of period? Yeah, sometimes you've almost got to pinch yourself to, to you know, to make sure it was uh, you know, you're not dreaming. Um, like I, I've still got I've still got uh, a, a recording of the that World Cup final on the uh, on the TV. Um, still watch it every now and then. Just put it on and still it still gives you goosebumps. <laughs> Hair sticks up in the back of your head, you know, uh, back of your neck when uh, you know that last run out. It's uh, yeah, it's something that you know, I think all of those players will have obviously have in common for the rest of our lives, and um, yeah, it's just, it's just you know, good to get together every now and then and reminisce. Actually, what's quite sad is you've never actually been able to do that, have you? As a team, you've never got together and and relived that that moment because everyone disappeared off in different directions afterwards. Yeah, and then obviously with you know COVID hit as well, so um, it just made it a little bit more difficult to to come back over this way but um it is what it is get on with life it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Incredible to think that that World Cup triumph was four years ago now, and the next one is just around the corner, six weeks away, which is, of course, why England are now playing some ODIs and T20s in September. Surprising to see, by the way, Harry Brooks' omission from that ODI squad, due, the selectors said, mainly to his lack of overall 50-over experience, just 18 list-day appearances and three ODIs. But with Stokes now announcing his availability... I guess there was no room for Harry. He's had a mixed tournament in the 100, as have Bayliss's London Spirit, one win in five games before tonight. And he reflects on its and T20's impact on the overall cricketing landscape. The one thing I do like is it's over and, quick, over and done with quickly these days. Um, look, I, the way I look at it is, I mean, the T20 cricket is just getting, seems to be getting bigger and bigger. I think the ICC will have to do something to make sure there's not too many tournaments around the world and getting in the way of international cricket. Um, but the way I look at it is if, if T20 cricket is the form of cricket that's bringing in the money, well, then as long as that money's spent in the right areas, 
um, and, and it's able to keep Test cricket going, for example, well then, you know, to me, that's that's the T20 game doing its job. And um, when you're preparing for a 100 game, you know, we've now got this option of bowling 10 balls in a row, sometimes even 20 balls sort of in, in mm. a row pretty much for one bowler. Um, is that is a lot of that planned? You know, when you go out, when the team, when the London Spirit team go out, do you mm. pretty much know, you know, if so-and-so is going to bowl the first 10, somebody else is going to bowl the next 10, or is it very flexible? Um, look, it's it's got to be flexible. Um, that's up to the cap. We might we might discuss it before the match and say, well, look, if the opening bowler bowls well uh, and he's on top, you know, we can keep him going for another five. Or he might, you know, if he's bowling well and we're on top, he could bowl, you know, three of those, three of the sets or overs or whatever they call them these days, um, you know, in that power play at the top. Um, but yeah, I don't think, like any cricket, you can't just say, right, you know, these, these are the 20 overs and this is how, this is the order that they're going to bowl in. That's that's part of the beauty of the game, how the captain uses the bowlers at his disposal against the different batters and on the different wickets. Are you tempted to, like, you know, Nathan Lehman's done the kind of numbers, holding the numbers up to as a code for the captain? Is it, you know, what what's it like being the coach? And you can see that he should do something, but you can't get the message across. Is there, have you got, have you got a better, I guess you have a, a timeout. Uh, well, you do, but most of the time they're a bit of a waste of time. Um, <laughs> go out and say, well played boys, keep it going. I, th- I think it's important that the captain actually runs the, he runs the show. Uh, so I'm, from that respect, I'm a little bit old school from the years ago, there was no actual coaches is it the best player or the captain in the team, for example? They were the ones that ran the game and, and coached the younger players, for example. From a, from a coaching angle, um, I, I think the best coaches are the other 10 players in the team. That if, uh, if you're asking the right questions, watching the right things as one of those other 10 players of your teammates, you learn more from those guys than you, you do from, from the coaches. And I think... These days, I think with so many coaches around, I think some of the players rely maybe a little bit too much on on the coaches. Um, and I think I think the best players are the ones that are able to make their own decisions uh, and and make those decisions the quickest. Um, you know, you can't yell out with a loudspeaker from from the dugout or from the change room about yeah changing something. It's it's. Yeah, in the hands of, of of the player themselves and the and the captain. But I suppose you know you come from an era when, like me, where you talked a lot about the game. You know, you'd have a beer afterwards with your teammates and probably the opposition as well, and mm. you learnt a lot. I always felt. I mean, we were talking about this with Mark Ramprakash the other day when we saw you at the Oval. Um, mm. That doesn't happen as much, I suppose. Play? Do players still sort of chat about the game and you know learn that way? Um, I, I think they do, but maybe not quite to the same degree as we used to. Um, so have you tried to perhaps influence that a bit, you know, trying to get that happening a bit more? Is that well, I think, yeah, look, I think um, I think that's the message I try and give the guys. You know, I'll sit down when I go somewhere for the first time and actually go through my philosophies on the game, and that's certainly one of them. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll say that... Uh, yeah, 
the best coaches are the other 10 players. You know, you've got to speak to each other, talk to each other, um, you know, ask questions of each other. Yes, yes, the coaches are there as well. Um, but if, you, you know, if, if you've got a problem and you can come up with three or four different options, um, well, then it's the player's choice which one of those options he takes. Um, you know, if he's only got if he's only got the one option, and it's not the right option, you know, he fails again. Um, but at least if if you've got two or three options, you can, you can try one way for a little bit, and then he can, you know, he might be halfway through a, an innings, for example, and he works out that oh, hang on, this one's not quite working for me, but that other option that I was given by someone else, I'll try that for a bit, you know, or that approach. Um, yeah, I, I think it's important that. You know, the players are, are self reliant to a certain degree. And and are you a, a computer man? Do you like do you do you like looking at laptops and data and you know kind of statistics or no lid shut and you've got a, a black book? I haven't even got a black book. I, I don't know what gets written but, in those books. But a good head. <laughs> well, it, yeah. Look, it's it's I suppose just it, you get a feel for the a feel for the um, what's going on out in the middle. Um, but yeah, certainly. I, look, and, and these days in the coaching world, have gone from when I first started. You, you know, there was you were it. I, I was it. You know, the the one coach. You might have had a might have had a bowling coach come in at different times. But in Australia, when we went went away, and this is only twenty years ago. Um, when you'd go into state for a match, you know, you'd, I'd be the coach. You'd have a physiotherapist go with you, and one of the selectors would go as the manager of the team. That was it. Uh, where now, you know, especially at the international level, you've got you know, four, five, six coaches sometimes. Um, and I think the head coach's role has sort of become, well, you, you're, a, you're a chief executive type. You know, you've, got the, you've, you've got staff to look after as well. And I think to get the best out of the staff, you've got to allow them to do their job as well and, and not necessarily micromanage them. That's what they're being paid to do and that's what their expertise is. So let them do it. Now, one of the perks of being a member of the World's Best Cricket Club, that's our virtual cricket club, to join, by the way, you go to worldsbestcc.com, is being able to ask questions of our special guests. So here are two from Jacob and first from Ian. Trevor, a couple of questions. Um, I work as a coach in the, in the business and education world, and sometimes we talk about people that are more or less coachable than others. Um, what would you do if you came across somebody that wasn't you know, taking your message on board? Sort of what would be your reaction to that, given, given what you were saying earlier about you, you reckon that sometimes the best coaches are the other 10 guys on the team. Yeah. Um, how would you tackle that? Uh, try and find someone else. Is, is there another coach or is, is there, in the setup that they're comfortable with? So, so, yes, not all players in a squad are, are necessarily comfortable talking to the the one the one guy uh, and as I said that's why it, like in the current setups you know you've got five or six coaches you, you'll find that two or the three two or three guys in that squad might um, might talk to one particular coach to be another three or four talk to another you know a different guy some will talk to the the head coach it's probably about trying to find someone that they are comfortable with you know talking to um, someone they've they respect, I suppose. Um, yeah, that that may be a work colleague or a you know a, a teammate. Uh, yeah, but 
yeah, not not everyone's not everyone's uh, attracted to the head coach all the time. Uh, but yeah, try and find someone yeah, they are comfortable with talking to. Uh, so it's about chemistry. If I can do a poor thing and slip in a su- supplementary, uh, given all the different countries that you've worked in and worked with, are there any differences that you would pick out in terms of particularly young players when they're first coming through, you know, from school or from you know, starting out? Are there any particular differences that you've noticed between, let's say, Sri Lanka, Australia and, and England? Uh, not Not a... Not a huge amount, obviously, with the, the different types of wickets. There's different skills involved in in some of those. Interesting thing for me doing these international teams and different franchises is that if take eleven players in the team and you've got eleven different personalities, but from team to team you've got exactly the same personalities. Yeah, you know, there's the fun-loving guys, there's the serious ones, there's the yeah you know, the jokers. Um, so even though the faces change, the the personalities really don't change. Um, even when you go to a new team, you know, you, if you've been around for a while, you actually well, I've I've had this type of personality, you know, in a few other teams. Um, yeah. So that that I suppose that's what comes with a little bit of experience. You you, you work things out like that. Yeah, and what you hope for is not to, to have eleven jokers in one team. Well, exactly, and I, look, I don't think there's, I don't think there's room for that anyway. But there's all, there's nearly always, as I said before, in in any successful team, there's nearly always yeah. one guy that's, uh, uh, yeah, the, the class clown. Yeah, Trevor, thank you. No problems. I suppose it's like uh, it's like having a perfect dinner party, isn't it? In a way, if you have or everybody's a comedian, then they'll be all kind of trying to get in, whereas. You've got a comedian and a slightly more silent, serious one, and one who's spare with their words, and one who's a bit more garrulous. And you mm. you, you have a better evening than if they're all the same. Well, look, and uh, the other the other area I think that's important too is uh, selection wise, on a selection panel. You know, if you've got four or five different personalities on uh, on a selection panel, you, you're more than likely to get four or five different uh, options to you know, to talk about. If everyone was exactly the same and they're coming up with the same exactly the same names, well, there's nothing, there's nothing much to discuss. Uh, so then, that's when you 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 might miss someone, for example. But if you know, different people are coming from different angles, you know, I mean, we're all we're all a bit different. Um, yeah, some some selectors might you know, like an attacking player, other selector might like a yes a, a grafter for example but it gives you something to uh to discuss uh, and then as a group come up with you know with that final decision just a quick question really and um, about obviously we're at the threshold or at the crossroads of the new world cup um or the new uh, the newest world cup uh, that's just around the corner uh, you obviously won the last one um who are you backing to win it in india and also what you know how would you see the future of the uh, the ODI World Cups, you know, after that. Uh, yeah, well, obviously, playing at home, India, you know, will be one of the the favourites. I would have thought England um, and Australia. I think it'd be one of those. One of those three uh, will be the winners. Um, yeah, there's a lot of English guys, a lot of Australian guys playing in the IPL as well, and a lot of those 
players and teams have you know have now completely or played in a, in India for you know a number of years now, so they've got experience over there. But I think India playing at home, anyone that plays at home is going to be put on a good showing. I think most of the time. Um, yeah, for for where the World Cup, yeah, the ODI cricket goes after this, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure that. Uh, as I said, there's before there's a lot of there is a lot of cricket. Um, I think the franchise competitions will have to be reined in a little bit. Um, but as long as I said, as long as the T20 games, if they're bringing in the money, I, I, I'd hate to see Test cricket uh, not be around. Um, if there was a game that was going to disappear, it's more than likely would be the 50 over cricket. Um, might just play less of it for a, for a while. Um, but from from the point of view of T20 cricket, you know, I get a lot of older uh, fans, so, yeah, um, saying that they don't like the T20 cricket. You know, like I'm a bit traditionalist as well. I like the the longer form of the game, but I suppose in 50 years' time, I'd rather be watching T20 cricket than no cricket at all. And, and you must be absolutely. I mean, although you're, you know, as, as I say, you know, you're through and through Australian, you must be actually thrilled to see. Stokes's influence because you you work with him a lot and he I know you respect he respected you hugely and he benefited from your advice about scaling back his training to slightly less than full bore and uh, his approach to the game and so on I think had a lot of influences from you so you must be kind of proud in a way to see how he's emerged I suppose yeah look I don't think that's any different to to anyone else I mean Stokes he was great to work with he's such a positive influence on yeah his teammates even before he was he, he was captain you know he was um a, a leader of men I, I think it's probably the best way to describe it you know he's one of those characters that uh, people are attracted to um but, uh yeah look it's always it's good to look yeah it's good to look back and and see players that you've had yeah a, a small influence on, I suppose, or, or part to you know, part to play in their careers, um, doing so well. Um, but you've got to remember, look, that it's it's the players that do the hard yards, and they're the ones with the skill. Um, you know, along the way, they get a lot of advice from a, a lot of different people that some that don't get the recognition that uh, that you know, I may have done because I I had that. Uh, yeah, you know, the head coach's role, but there are a lot of people you know, through county cricket, and I'm, and I'm sure through his junior career as well, that had a lot, to, you know, a, a lot to play with, or part to play in his uh, career as well. Well, you're very modest. Um, you've done an amazing job. Do you have anything at home that kind of commemorates any of your achievements, like a picture of the World Cup final, or a, you know, I don't know, a, a trophy replica or anything? I mean, what, what have you got to recognise what you've achieved at home? Uh, well, the ECB um, very kindly gave me a, um, a little silver cricket bat with a message on it um, in, a, in, a, in a case. Uh, what else? Um, uh, mate, I, unbelievably, I, I've, still, I've, I've got it home, mate, as a, um, a little medallion. I think it's called an OBE. From uh, which, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, which, you know, it's uh, special. Well, special, and I, I think it, it, it sort of. Uh, my wife put up the plaque on the on the wall, but I think 
people like my my parents, my mum and dad, were sort of, uh, uh, yeah, I suppose being even older and sort of from that that older generation of uh, yeah, from, coming from England. Um, but they seem to be yeah, yeah that. I think makes them very proud as well. Well, Trevor undoubtedly deserves all the plaudits and gongs. He's just one of those fantastically pragmatic, balanced and knowledgeable coaches with that invaluable extra ingredient, a dry sense of humour. So that's it for another episode of our podcast. Actually, it's our 600th as it happens. And just to let you know, our next guest in the world's best cricket club will be none other than Harry Brook himself. You can join us next week by going to worldsbestcc.com. Hope to see you there. And in the meantime, let's raise our glasses to both Trevor and Parkey and celebrate great lives lived and still living, in Trevor's case. And we'll leave you with another burst of Parkey's wonderfully uplifting theme tune. Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.